Sony. Hello, Canada. Welcome to a full edition of Canadian Common Sense. Today's date is October 19th, 2021. It is Tony in Saskatchewan. And Lewis out here in BC. And I am back from hunting. And how did that go, my friend? Not good. Oh, <laughs> I'm <sorry laughs> <to> hear that. <laughs> it was fun. And we uh, we uh, saw a bull elk and tracked it for four kilometers, but never got close to it again. So we, uh, but that was the closest we got. Oh, that's too bad. Though, though we did have a a bull moose walk about fifty feet away from us. It just crossed a power line about fifty feet away from us, and uh, it had no idea we were even there. Um, had it been two weeks later, I would have been able to uh, harvest it. <laughs> yeah, I mean everything. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Ken, we've got a hard break at the end of the show, so we're going to get right to it. Yep. On the show today, uh, new mayors in Alberta's two largest cities. The U.S. border opens soon, but do you really want to come back? The WHO expands their mandate. Just what is going on in the U.K. with COVID, compelled speech, and more? Where do you want to start, sir? Well, let's start off with my with our with our neighbors, Alberta. Uh, they uh, they're kind of the the uh, the the white icing in the Oreo cookie here. So <laughs> that's a good way to put it. <laughs> okay, so we had civic elections in Alberta yesterday, and also a couple referendum questions, which I definitely want to touch on. And, Lewis, you and I both used to live in Edmonton. You also lived in Calgary. And all I can say, Canada, is sorry to folks who live there, but boy, my God, I don't live there anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, uh, I mean... So got, uh... Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that um, when I lived in Calgary, uh, I, I mean, the, the thing that the thing I don't understand about Alberta is that they, they always vote conservative when it comes to, I mean, provincial, the one NDP uh, uh, term notwithstanding, uh, they, they always vote conservative provincially, conservative federally, but then they go hard left in their uh, civic politics. And they've done it again. Yeah. Um, in Edmonton, yeah. <laughs> Amarjeet Sohi, former Liberal MP, has now been elected as the new mayor in Edmonton. I'm really sorry, folks. I don't understand why Mike Nickel did not get elected, but we'll get into that right away. Calgary, Jyoti Gondek, who was a former city councillor. So congratulations to her. I don't know much about her, but... I really know too much about Amarjeet Sohi. Actually, I don't even know anything more than he was once a liberal, and that's that's enough for me to say no thanks. Yeah, I don't. I to be quite honest, I really don't know a whole lot about these two people. Um, uh, other than I know they're not conservatives. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, uh, I mean, in Calgary, uh, I'm really hoping that. 
the new mayor is an upgrade over uh, Nahid Nenshi um, because uh, uh, Nenshi, Nenshi, how do I say this politely? Um, he's one of the worst mayors Calgary's ever had. And I mean, he played the race card in the last election because he was down in the polls. He played the race card, said everybody was racist if he didn't win. Uh, the polls quickly swung his way and he won. Um, he is responsible for dramatic tax increases in the city. Uh, it, it, it's just, I don't understand Alberta. I really don't. I mean, you guys, you guys are the conservative province in this country at least you used to be i mean i think saskatchewan's probably taking over from you um but i mean you were always the conservative province in this country and um but yet when it comes to civic politics the the two biggest cities in the province always go hard left and i mean really hard left they do and I feel really bad for Mike Nickel, who's uh, who had run for mayor in Edmonton. I don't even know where he placed, but I remember 20 years ago, 20 plus years ago, he ran for mayor and quite a likable guy. And I remember people saying back then, oh, well, you should run for council first so people can get to know you and then run for mayor. Well, he did that. And then he decided to run for mayor now and he still lost. And I don't get it because I did actually get to meet him once. Uh, I think it was in 2001. And uh, he was a very likable guy, very easy to talk to. And he was a small businessman. He actually has good ideas. Oh, so no wonder he didn't. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, I, I remember him too um, when, when, I, when I lived in Edmonton because we were both living in Edmonton at that time when he ran for mayor the first time. And, um, and I mean, I, I liked him. I, I voted for him. Um, so, I mean, I, yeah, I don't understand. I really don't understand Alberta politics. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> All right, there's also a couple referendums on the ballot. And I got to touch on the daylight savings time first, but we'll get to uh, equalization first, I should say. They, the question was, should equalization be removed from the Constitution or words to that effect and it looks like that's going to be an overwhelming yes the results won't be at least released officially till the 26th but it looks like alberta Albert said yes to renegotiate equalization and they're split on daylight savings time and i just have a reason i want to touch on this because there was a moron on cbc on one of the podcasts i was listening to who i don't know if he just isn't from the prairies originally or if he's just really dumb i mean he's on cbc so i'm guessing the latter his case against daylight savings time was that a they weren't clear on on which they want a standard or, or a savings time which the question actually did say right out flat daylight savings time summer hours and then he said this has got to be the dumbest thing i've ever heard he said well, the, uh, I mean, this is something totally new, and Albertans would have to get in touch with all of their trading partners and neighbors to dis discuss the time zone they'd be on and would have to create a new time zone. And then I thought, 
I live in Saskatchewan, where they've got their own time zone since 1967. This isn't hard. No, it's not. And I mean, I know BC, um, BC uh, passed a resolution, um, I think a couple of years ago. Uh, it was before COVID anyway, where they passed a resolution in the, in the legis- legislature that uh, as soon as Washington, Oregon, California decide to ditch daylight savings time, that we would ditch it at the same time. Um, I don't know why we have to wait for them. Um, let's just do it. I mean, it's not, I mean, it's such a ridiculous thing these days to think, oh, well, you can't do that because your trading partners are in the same time zone. Uh, no, one or two of them are. The rest of them are all in, in multiple different time zones. This isn't, this isn't hard to get used to. It, and, and I mean, and we just need someone to get the ball rolling. I mean, it's it, daylight savings time was for when we didn't have electric lights. Yeah. And, and so now, you know, now that we've had them for a hundred plus years, let, let's get rid of this antiquated ridiculousness. I mean, I don't think people know some stats here. I, I, I want you to hear some stats. Uh, In the fall, I believe, okay, so we fall back an hour in the fall, which means we lose an hour of sleep. And in that following week, um, or no, sorry, we gain an hour of sleep. No, you lose an hour. You take your time back an hour. Yeah, yeah. So we're, we're actually gaining an hour of sleep, I believe. So, what happens is that one hour of, of sleep that we that we that we gain actually there is a twenty percent decrease in heart attacks for the week following. There's also a twenty percent decrease in car accidents in that week following. When we move our time forward and we lose an hour in the spring there is a 20% increase in heart attacks in that following week and a 20% increase in car accidents in the following week well that's interesting it is isn't it and yeah. it's and i i heard all this from a sleep expert um who 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 does nothing like all his his professional life is all centered around the importance of sleep. He was talking about it um, on a podcast I was listening to, and, and it was really, really interesting. And so uh, the case to be made to get rid of this, I think one of them is people stop having heart attacks in the spring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's just a stupid thing. I mean, Changing the clock twice a year is so stupid. I mean, everybody feels like crap um, when we lose that hour of sleep. Everybody feels like crap for at least a couple of days. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I haven't changed my clocks, obviously, for 18 years that I've been down in Saskatchewan now, but I did grow up with that in my earlier days in Alberta. I don't miss it. Yeah. But 
Alberta, good luck with both of those. Um, I mean, the time zone thing, that to me is an easy decision and something that's very easy to implement. The uh, renegotiating the uh, equalization payments, good luck with that. You're right, only because of who's in Ottawa right now. Because that is something that actually could be negotiated at a first minister conference, but it'll never happen. Well, is equalization in the Constitution? The concept is, but the formula and the actual payment structure is not. Okay, because if you want to renegotiate the terms... That's one thing. But if you want to renegotiate whether it's in the Constitution or not, uh, that, that'll that never happen. Never. No. All right. So, moving on, the U.S. border will open on November 8th. And great, the Canadians can travel south. Although Christopher Freeland says only travel if necessary. Justin Trudeau says party in Tofino. The government says, go ahead, but when you come back, you need to bring a PCR test with you. Those are 200 to 250 bucks a pop. Ouch. Yeah, it's um it's stupid. I'm we're looking at going we're we're in the process of looking at going to Disneyland for Christmas and I getting down to the States is no problem because I believe their restrictions are just, we have to be double vaxxed and that's it. So we can get in real easy by just showing them our BC vaccine passport. Um, but getting back into my own fricking country is I have to go get a PCR test within three days of uh, my trip back to Canada. If my flight's delayed at all, I'm screwed. I have to go get another test, which means I'll pro- like we would probably have to um, delay our flight by another you know, 48 hours so that we get our results back before we get on the plane and, and everything. I mean, it's just... Um, it's just a ridiculous hot mess, and uh, I don't expect our government to do anything, you know, correctly or uh, make anything um, make sense. Um, the the CDC in the U.S. is uh, is no will no longer be using the PCR test as, as of December because of its inaccuracies, and. Um, and uh, yet that's the only test the Canadian government accepts. And it doesn't matter that you're vaccinated. You still have to have it. And it's it's a pile of crap. Well, it's ridiculous. Now think of it yourself, family of four, 800 to to $1,000 just to come home. Ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's something that we... Uh, we have to evaluate, and I mean that—that that alone might might stop us from going. I mean, it's—I it, mean, how how are you supposed to do a day trip across the border? Apparently, if you do a day trip, you still can get you have to get the PCR test, but they'll honor it for uh, forty-eight hours a day. Wait, I, no, I don't understand that. What is it? What, what do you mean? Like, if you're just going across the border for the day, 
and you're coming back the same day, how do you how do you do it? You get the test yeah. before you go. You get the test before you go. Yep. <laughs> well, how friggin' stupid is that? Welcome to Canada. I get the test before I go. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> well, I thought I thought it was to make sure I don't bring COVID back. Yeah, yeah, that's what it's for. But, but okay, this doesn't make any sense. If if this is to stop me from bringing COVID back, what what good is it taking the test before I leave the country? Well, and if they're going to honor it for a, a period of time so that you could make that day trip, I I got nothing. We got the dumbest government well okay i'm not going to say the dumbest government because australia still has a government <laughs> um, but i mean we've got we got just dumbasses in power i mean this is this is so stupid yep could not agree more but you want to hear something else that's stupid with our government Arthur Pawlowski, yes. now we know his name because he was a pastor who was arrested in Calgary for daring to run church services, who chased uh, Alberta Health Services officials out of his church. Well, he was arrested and part of his, uh, what do you want to call it, probation or bail conditions perhaps. Anyway, this judge in Calgary had said to him that as conditions of his release, he needs to, I can't, I can't exactly quote him, but he needs to present the other side of the, the, the story when he talks about COVID. So, for example, if he talks about how masks don't work and he doesn't agree with the, with, with the mandates, he's supposed to say the other side of the story that, well, the government believes that masks are effective, but I don't. And... You know, things along that line. And that just makes me think about how did Jordan Peterson get so popular? Because he said a great big middle finger to the folks at U of T for compelled speech. And that's what this Calgary judge is trying to do to Pastor Palowski. I am in shock at this. Um, I don't think I've ever heard of a justice, like a, a Canadian court justice putting um, compelled speech in a bail condition. Yeah, ridiculous. That That's scary, man. Well, A, how does he think he can get away with such a condition? And B, I mean, Pastor Palowski had better just say, screw you, pal. I mean, th that's scary because here, here's the thing. We know because of Fauci's email release earlier uh, in the summer that masks don't actually do much. I mean, we, we know that. Is this not... This is not a um, conspiracy theory or uh, or or any like wackadoodle you know weirdo uh, yelling it from rooftops this is 
it's a fact that the masks, the cloth, like those cloth masks, do virtually nothing to stop COVID. It, it is purely to make people feel better. And, and you're you're going to compel someone to lie? Well, that's exactly what he's doing. He, he wants to compel. He wants to, to force someone he sees as, as an adversary to puppet the government line. That's like straight out of China. Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, it's completely about power. It's not even about justice. Yeah, this is all about control. I mean, this is this is this is straight out of communist China or communist Russia or communist Cuba. I mean, this is crazy stuff. Like, I, this is like people should be screaming about this and. I'm guessing they're not. I'm guessing you're right. And I don't get it. No. Wow. Yeah. So uh, we got two more topics to go. Why don't we jump onto the WHO? We can bat that down quickly. And then we have got some great stuff to talk about of our friend, the Wuhan virus. Yeah. So the WHO has decided that not merely the World Health Organization, but they also need to tell us about climate change. So the, the latest from the WHO is that this is, of course, ahead of the COP26 conference coming up in Scotland. They call for an immediate end to fossil fuel use and an immediate cancellation of all fossil fuel permits in order to save the planet from catastrophic climate change. And huh. part B, and you'll love this expression, just transition. Where have we heard that before? Wow. Well, uh, they can go to hell. Yes. Because uh, I immediate end, eh? So that means nobody's going to be able to drive to work. Nobody's right. nobody's going to be able to drive to the grocery store. Not unless they have an electric car. Which is getting their electricity from... Well, it has to be renewable. You can't pull anymore. Or natural gas. Well, see, 80% of the electricity generated in the United States comes from coal-fired power plants right now. And... Canada, I believe, I believe in Canada, it's about 30%. So, I mean, I'd really uh, be interested in knowing where the hell all this electricity is going to come from. I'd also like to know where the hell all this, all these batteries are going to, you know, find, where, where are you going to find the metals for all these batteries? Um, I mean, you got to dig giant open pit mines to get them and you can't do that with electric excavators no i guess we're back to manual labor with shovels yeah wow well like i said they can go to hell i mean 
This is it's such a, a weird thing. Hey, these these organizations that start taking on things that really have nothing to do with their mandates. I mean the WHO. I mean it's supposed to be about healthcare and and uh, and all that. And now they're gonna go on about fossil fuels and and uh, climate change. And I mean the CDC has in the states is the Center for Disease Control, and they're they're taking on. Uh, gun violence uh, apparently is part of their mandate now. Um, I, I just I, I don't understand any of these these intergovernmental uh, organizations that that start thinking that they're more important than they really are, or that, or that they should have more to do with other things that are not currently in their mandates. I mean, yeah, just shut up and get back to doing what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, you think the world health organization would be more focused on, I don't know, just saying? Yeah, well, I just saw an article today saying that the Santa Monica Pier is going to be underwater in 20 years, I think. Where have we heard stuff like that before? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was little movie called, it was this little movie called Inconvenient Truth. Um, What? That was 20 years ago now, I think. And, uh, and it was, it, it said that, what, Florida would be completely underwater by now? New York I mean, City. Yeah, New York City, uh, L.A., all these places would be completely underwater by now. And, uh, yeah, guess what? Uh, didn't happen. You know, yeah. instead of all this, we, we should be focused on how to adapt. Because there's no way in hell that this is going to be reversed or that we can change its direction. I mean, the world, I mean, kind of big, you know, some countries have reduced their carbon output and it's made zero difference. And, and, and the, so, I mean, humans are adaptable. And so we should be, we should be putting money into learning how to adapt to a warmer climate. I mean, let's, let's be real. More people die from, cold than they do from heat so yeah do, good point. are you really advocating for the world to get colder because that that means more people will die so yeah and as far as rising sea levels goes they're not, i don't believe they're really rising because we're not seeing the water levels come up but no no you remember all those remember all those uh uh climate um oh what are they called uh climate refugees that we were supposed to be seeing right yeah yeah that's never happened either yeah <laughs> well in the netherlands 400 years ago with the system of dikes and dams because they were already living on level and they've succeeded they adapted yeah yeah i mean there was a there was a time when greenland was actually green um, and they were, and the Vikings were farming it. Um, I mean, like, this is not the warmest we've ever been. It's not even close to the warmest the planet's ever been. Um, it's been warmer during human history than it is today. It's, I mean, the Northwest Passage is a good example. I mean, it just finally opened up, I think, what, two years ago? Uh, the first ships uh, sailed through the Northwest Passage. Not 
it, they're not the first ships to ever sail the Northwest Passage ever. They're the first ships to sail the Northwest Passage in like 70 years because it has been open before. Yep, that's right. I mean, that's how we found the, uh, the Franklin Expedition ships because they, yeah. they made their way here in the 1700s. Exactly. Like people don't, like just people only know what happened in their own lifetime. They, they don't even bother doing any research. And when they, you know, people, they go, oh my God, the Northwest Passage is open. Oh my God. Well, there's a reason it's called the Northwest Passage because it was used as a passage for a long time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Let's hit our last topic of the day. We've got some time for it. You had uh, given me an interesting stat from a Joe Rogan podcast, which I listened to today. Wow. Go ahead. Yeah, in the UK, 70% of hospital COVID cases are fully vaccinated. Let that sink in. And I'm going to add to that, the UK's vaccine of choice was AstraZeneca. There was a certain niche podcast in Canada based on two libertarian conservative gentlemen who had some serious reservations about AstraZeneca. What show would that have been? Uh, I believe it was called Canadian Common Sense. As a matter of fact, it was. And we're vindicated again. We are, yeah. I. It, it's... One of the things that they talked about, I don't, you, you might remember this, um, was that they are indicating now that the vaccine efficacy is losing 40% per month. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, and that natural immunity is up to 27 times You know, more powerful than the vaccine. So people who have had COVID and survived it have between, like depending on the person, between 6 to 27 times more resiliency to COVID than someone who is fully vaccinated. Yes, that's amazing. I remember that when I had discussed before months ago that your natural immunity was, you know, proven to be stronger than the vaccine. I had no idea that much stronger. Yeah, but I mean, but here we are in Canada. We've got governments across this country threatening all their all our healthcare workers with losing their jobs if they don't get vaccinated. Well, I guarantee you that the overwhelming vast majority of them have already been exposed to COVID just at work and probably have better immunity than anyone that, that, uh, that, 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 that's vaccinated. But that doesn't matter. It only matters if you got the, the needle. And, it's, and our healthcare workers have gone from heroes to zeros because we've demonized them 
and we've demonized anyone who refuses to get vaccinated. And it's like, if you've had COVID, you don't need a vaccination. Well, exactly. And these vaccines are made for the original strain of, of COVID. And what's kicking the living crap out of people right now is the Indian variant. Oops, Delta variant. And the vaccine isn't even made to tackle Delta. No, it isn't. And that's, a, that's the most, that's the craziest part about this is that, is that the vaccines only tackling one strain of this and and the overwhelming majority of cases right now so we're told is delta well delta is running through people who are vaccinated like it's putting people who are vaccinated in the hospital because the vaccines are not effective against delta they aren't but there's a really cheap therapeutic drug out there that virtually eliminated the Delta variant in a rather large state in India. That's right. What was that drug called again? I do know what it's called, and it's a horse dewormer. It's called ivermectin. Right. Doesn't that horse dewormer have some human application? Yes, as a matter of fact, it does, considering it actually was originally made for uh, humans. And uh, has it, it, it's actually on the WHO's list of of the essential medicines, and the creator won a Nobel Prize for its use in human beings because it has been given to billions of people and has cured, it virtually eliminated some diseases in the on this planet yeah and actually i think that nobel prize was because they eliminated river blindness right that's right yeah yeah now we have learned because ivermectin is primarily an anti um, parasitic drug but it does have some antiviral properties and those and what it does and it was explained in that episode by by uh, um, the guest, and it was that ivermectin actually pre- helps prevent COVID nineteen from binding to your cells. Yeah, that's horrible. Stopping people from getting sick. God. Yeah, I know. I know, eh? But, yeah, I can but let's totally talk get about what, what that, let's talk about what ivermectin did in that in that uh, that's that province in India. I mean, the, the province in India has two hundred and thirty million people, and they sent out these um, what did they call them? Prevention kits. They, I think they so. sent, yeah, the Indian. That, that, that provincial government or state government in India uh, sent out these prevention, COVID prevention kits to uh, virtually everyone in that in that province or state. I, I don't know what they call them in India. And the um, and they have virtually eliminated COVID in that province. 
yeah, it's amazing. It's just a shame that we can't do that in North America. No, and if you even mention if you even mention the word ivermectin, you get uh, ridiculed and um, and and told that you're taking uh, uh, you know equine medication, and it's like you know you know there's lots of drugs that are that were originally made for humans that are also given to animals. Like there's lots of them. And and the fact that CNN and their cohorts uh, said called it called it horse dewormer is is a lie, and and they were knowingly being um, misleading and untruthful. And and I and I honestly I think Joe Rogan should sue them. Yeah, I wouldn't blame him if he did. Yeah. Now, the thing is, is that uh, we're finding out more and more that uh, that the the vaccines are just not what they were all cracked up to be, and we're finding out that natural immunity is a lot more powerful than the vaccines. We're finding out that the vaccines don't protect against Delta. And um, we're finding out that the vaccines were never actually designed to stop infection or transmission. They were designed to lessen the uh, uh, symptoms and make it more likely that you would survive. So, We've been lied to all along. Yeah, see, that's what, what bothered me is that, uh, well, we, first of all, we were told, get two shots, life goes back to normal. Well, good luck with that. But yeah. then now we're learning, as you said, that the vaccines are not as effective. And not only that, if you're, I think it's 40 and plus, the vaccines get less effective. So why the hell did you and I get the shots? Uh, because we're told to. Yep. <laughs> no, I, it, I mean, it's it's crazy. I mean, we were told, yeah, like you said, we were told, get the two shots and life goes back to normal. Well, 85% of Canadians have two shots. Yeah, and, this is not normal. Yeah, things are still not back to normal. Though, though BC did announce today that... Uh, hockey games and concerts and all of those things can go back to a hundred percent capacity for uh, double vaxxed people. Good. Yeah. But we should, we should, life should be kind of going back to normal already. I mean, I mean, honestly, I mean, there's, there's been a couple of advancements made by, uh, Oh, what's that company? Merck. Right, um, the pharmaceutical company Merck, they've yeah. got a um, uh, they've got a a, a drug that's going to be coming out that is a prophylactic, right? Um, to uh, to help prevent any infections uh, from COVID and all of that. And um, guess who? Guess guess what other drug Merck makes? 
Tell me. Ivermectin. Whoa, how about that? And apparently, this drug kind of does what Ivermectin does. (laughs) What the hell? You know. Yeah. So, yeah. But, um, and I think Pfizer has something coming out too that's going to be used in the prophylactic method um, to help prevent infections. Um, but I, I actually saw, I, and I posted this to my Facebook just just uh, before we uh, started recording. Um, it's really interesting because all of the news programs in North America are all being brought to you by Pfizer. Huh. How about that? Yeah. If you go, like, uh, you might, if you go to my Facebook page, maybe you can share it to uh, uh, Canadian Common Sense. Um, but it's a video of clips of, like, NBC News uh, and all these local affiliates and CNN and MSNBC and, and all of these all these news programs and every single one it's it's got a Pfizer logo on it. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, it's really interesting. <laughs> well, we will share that to our Canadian Common Sense Facebook page shortly. Yeah. Oh, and here's something else that's interesting is that when, when it was revealed that the vaccines are losing their efficacy, Pfizer and Moderna's stock prices went through the roof. Right, because now they'll be ordering third shot, of course. Yep, and so nothing's better for business than a drug that doesn't work. <laughs> and, and and the um, the 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 interesting thing is is that when they when they shot or when those when those vaccines first came out, like the stock prices didn't go up a whole lot. But once it was revealed that the efficacy was dropping and that booster shots are going to be needed, the stock prices went through the roof. Naturally. Yeah. (laughs) All right, Canada. There's the sour note we'll leave you on today. Uh, We're sorry we can't stay longer. We've got a hard break. But uh, we do thank you for joining us today. And until next time, it's Tony in Saskatchewan. And Lewis out here in BC. Good night. Good night, Canada. This is Canadian Common Sense with Lewis and Tony.